everybody. You are listening to Anchored in Love with Christian Amy. I am so excited. (laughs) We are about to have an amazing journey. Are you ready? It's about to be amazing. It's going to be big. So last week we talked about Anchored in Love Part 1, kind of where the concept came from, how God gave it to me, Um, you know, where my brain was when it all kind of came to fruition. I'm so glad that you all decided to, you know, to hang on another week and to listen with me again. Um, Let's do this. So, you know, we always start off with prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, um, for life, for health and for strength. No matter what our world looks like, no matter what our families look like, no matter what our finances look like, you are still God. No matter how we feel, you're still God. No matter what's going on, you are still God. No matter what's happening, you are still God. No matter anything that is going on, no matter what anyone says, you are still God. And you reign and you rule and you provide every need, God. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for breath and life and health and strength and the activity of our limbs, God. Mobility, God. The ability for all. All of our tissues, all of our body functions to work properly, God, for every organ, for every area of our body that is working properly, God, and even for the areas that are not working properly, God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for you still being God that sits on the throne, that still sees fit to supply every need, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity, oh God, to come together, to lean in, to gather together, to rally together, to lift you up, God, for your word says that if you be lifted up, you will draw You will draw all men unto you, God. And today we come to lift you up. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord God, that through this message, Lord God, that somebody will be blessed, touched, healed, delivered, set free, changed, transformed. That people will hear what needs to be said, God, and lift up a mirror to themselves and just begin to examine, do self-examination to be better, to grow, to develop, to push past how they feel, to become better in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that your perfect will be done in the name of Jesus, not only through me but to the people that are listening and those who are connected to them. I'm praying for your perfect will, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's another week of Anchored in Love. It's about to be amazing. Are you ready? <laughs> so last week we talked about Anchored in Love, part one, kind of where the concept came from, how, how it was birthed through me, um, you, know, you know, what God was saying to me in particular seasons of my life and how I got to this place. And if you have not listened to that last one, You got to go back, man. You got to go back. You got to go back and listen to it. It's going to help segue right into today's message. Um, um, Today is not necessarily built on or based upon the concept of where it was built from, but merely expounding on even the thought process of being anchored in love. And we kind of briefly went into that after I talked about the testimony of where it came from. Um, Just talking about how um, the thought came from an immense amount of pain, but through it got birthed something beautiful God birthed a woman who now knows who she is and now walks with confidence now stands firmly on the word of God and I stand firmly on who he is in my life and and what I've been called to do and I don't have to question that I don't have to question who I am or who he's called me to be I don't have to be concerned about what other people think about me I'm completely content with who I am and I'm solid on that you know And when you become solid in who you are, there's nothing that anybody else can do. They can't say anything to you. They can't break you. They can't make you because you are anchored in the love of Jesus. You are anchored in who he is and his brilliance and his confidence and his love and his resilience. All these things are coupled and and resound around his love. 
there's a song that I really, really love. And the, and the words that the words say, if uh, grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Um, and if I could change the words around briefly, if love was an ocean, we should all be sinking in it. We should all be drowning, be completely submerged, completely submitted, completely surrounded by that thing called love. And our word even teaches us that God is love and that he loved us so much that he sacrificed. And so last week we talked about what love looks like, the sacrifice of it and different things like that. Um, and we're going to just kind of continue that conversation, um, and, and really delve in a little bit deeper. So today's uh, topic is anchored in love part two. And I wanted to start it off with a particular scripture, um, that's found in Hosea chapter two. And if anybody knows anything about the old Testament laws and old Testament scriptures, you know, a lot of them have to do with Israel and their disobedience and God saving them again. And then Israel, their disobedience, God saving them again, you know, it's a revolving door, kind of like where we are in today's society. But the difference is that we're under grace. And back then they weren't under grace. God just kept, you know, waiting for a new generation, saving them, waiting for a new generation, saving them, waiting for a new generation, saving them, waiting for another new generation, saving them. I know that seems a bit redundant, but it is so true. Like it just, it was a revolving door. And I thought to myself, man, I'm so glad I do not live in that dispensation. I'm so glad that God has given me grace and that we abide in grace now. And that even when I mess up, when I say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I turn from that thing, he forgives me and he doesn't remember it anymore. I ain't got to kill no sheep, no bullock, no lamb, no nothing. I'm just good. You know? So Hosea chapter two. Um, so l- let me just give you a brief uh, background on Hosea. So Hosea is a man of God and, God and God tells Hosea, yo, go marry this prostitute. And he has to go do it because basically it's likening to what God does for Israel. Like I'm basically going to show my love for Israel through your relationship. And I need you to love her and 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 be with her no matter what. And I know uh, last week we talked about this, how, how God is married to the backslider, that God chose you even though he knew you would cheat. He said, I'm going to still marry you even though I know you're going to cheat on me. I know you're going to betray me. I know you're going to treat me wrong. Remember, he told Judas, he said, go, he said, go do what you're going to do and go do it quickly. And he told him, he said, tonight, when, he said, tonight you're going to betray me. And he said that at the table. And Peter's like, no, no, Jesus, I would never betray you. And then he tells Peter, yo. As a matter of fact, you are, and this is how you're going to do it. And then Peter begins to still tell him, no, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not the all-knowing in this situation. But Jesus knows that we're going to deny him however many times, and he still says, I still choose you. And when you deny me and you walk away and condemnation comes upon you, I'm still going to come and find you. And I'm going to say, don't you, how much, how much more do you love me? And if you love me, will you feed my sheep? If you love me, will you still obey my word? All right, don't let me get my head, don't, don't let me get ahead of myself. Back up, back up. Because I'm not going to just bring it from a biblical standpoint today, but I'm also going to bring it from some practical things. Um, I don't want to do, um, always do so much preachy that I miss opportunities where I can just engage you on a human and on a very cellular level. So in Hosea chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, it says this. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness. And in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercy, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. And thou shalt know the Lord thy God. And thou shalt know the Lord. I added on the God, thy God part because if you ever look anywhere in scripture, it always says thy God, thy God, the Lord, thy God, the Lord, thy God. 
Um, And it's super awesome that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, God is still saying, I'm willing to be married to you. I'm willing to still love you no matter what. And basically, betrothal just basically means betrothal or betrothed or betrothal, betrothed, meaning to be married or to be engaged, to be um, to be espoused to. And it was an example of how much God loved Israel. And you're still my chosen people that I still love you regardless of what you've done, where you've gone, where you've been. And it was significant that it be a prostitute because you know the life of a prostitute. You know they've been in everybody's bed. You know what they're after. It's, it's a money. It's a money, but you know, a money bus. I'm after I'm, I'm ch- chasing the almighty dollar. This is what I'm doing. And on a very human level, we should still care about people no matter what they do. We should still be kind to people and still love them and still engage them no matter who they are, or where they come from. Now, that doesn't always happen. And we don't always respond in that way as humans um, because of self-righteousness, which is the opposite of what love really is. <clears throat> and because of selfishness and because of pride. Again, those are all things that love is not. But because of those behaviors, we don't do that. We don't engage people on that level. We don't love people on that level. And when you look it up, the meaning of love and even every scripture talks about the love of God and and what it really means and talking about how God is love. Oftentimes we miss the truth of his word and the truth of what love is to really care for another person, to care for them or to care for something, um, with an immense amount of passion or enough passion to do good and not do it harm. Like that's what love is. Love is, is, is to care and to, and to really do good to something or to someone for no, basically for no reason at all, just to do it. That's what love is. There's not a premise or a basis on it. There's no love because there's no because or but after it, it is, it is what it is. It's just love. I remember an old friend of mine used to say, all is all, and that's all all is. And I used to always crack up about that. But you really can't always define all. And you really always can't uh, give a specific definition, even to love sometimes, because it is so vast. So love is love, and that's all love is. Love does what it's supposed to do when it is done correctly. And if it's not done correctly, then it's not love. That's, and we'll, we'll label it with love, but more than it becomes, what it really becomes is more of a tolerance or, um, of, or how I try to deal with the situation. It is what I'm basically doing because I feel like I have to. And it's not even, even the way we treat people, but even how we treat our things and how we respond to situations and how we behave in a particular way. Like, We'll call it love and it's not, it is really, I'm just dealing with it. I am just processing it. I'm just, I'm doing enough to make it look like something, but it's not what I'm calling it. Love is passionate. To be anchored in the love of the Lord in our lives is to really allow ourselves to completely forget about our wants, our needs, our feelings and our emotions and to seek out that of the others of other people and of what God would want on a human level love is when we put aside what we desire and what we see fit and what we think is right and we see and we really seek out finding out the truth of the matter and also seeking out what can be able to best help someone else 
What will be the best turnout for this situation to be able to help someone else, to be able to care about somebody else, to be able to give someone else what they need? Too often, people find it necessary to do what best fits themselves. This is how it's going to work out for me. And I have to look out for myself first. I have to take care of me first. And I'm not saying that in some instances that's not important. What I am saying is that it is better to give than to receive. The Bible teaches us that all the commandments are summed up and loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind and our soul and loving our neighbors. When we love God and when we love people, we are able to sum up every commandment in, that, in, those, in those few gestures. Loving God will help you to love other people. Loving other people will help you to love God. And loving other people and loving God will help you to not commit adultery, to not commit sin, to not covet, to not, to not treat people hatefully. It will make you pull up a mirror to yourself and realize that the flaws within yourself need to be checked before you check anybody else's. Real love. It encompasses so many different areas and it will make you change even the way you want to respond to somebody, even when you know you're right. Real love does not boast and it does not brag. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm about to read First Corinthians 13, but it doesn't do any of those things. It does not treat people in a way that will that will leave them damaged or harmed. Being anchored in God's love allows people to leave you better than what they were. That even if you're in a dating situation or we just hanging out, we just friends, or even if this is the work relationship, whatever the relationship is, we should manage that relationship well enough that when they leave us, they leave better. We should manage the, 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 the people and the encounters that we have in such a way that we think that when they leave us, they should leave with the peace of God or they should leave with, the, with something to be able to resonate with them in such a way that they leave changed, that something impacts them, that they leave in a way that, that it uplifts them and that they want to be better and take that same thing that you have given them, which is the love of Christ, and they want to take it to somebody else and they go treat somebody else better because you treated them better there's nothing better than to encounter someone and because they've treated you better than the last person it then helps to heal you in a particular area so you can then go heal somebody else and it is not you that is healing them but it is the love of Jesus that is then being that is exuding out of someone else that is then being shared with somebody else paying it forward right so let's read excuse me um, first Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and uh, we'll start at the verse, the first verse, though I speak with to- with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. And though I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Charity is being interchangeably used for love at this at this moment. And though I bestow all my goods to the feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long. It is long suffering, y'all. And is kind. Chariot, charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. 
is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, beareth believeth all things hopeth all things endureth all things hallelujah charity never fails but whether there be prophecies they shall fail whether there be tongues they shall cease whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect is come then that which is part shall be done away i'm ready in your hearing um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. And there's so much in that chapter. But before I proceed, we're about to go into our commercial break. So just take a brief moment, listen in, and we'll be right back. Create eye-catching designs that will make your apparel top of the line. The possibilities are endless with ski tees and apparel. No order too large or small. One item of hundreds. No problemo. With quick turnaround times, no setup charges or hidden fees, and rush services to fit your needs. Customize your look today by calling 440-462-9401. Again, that's 440-462-9401. Ski Tees and Apparel at SkiTeesApparel.com. To the rhythm! You're listening, You're listening to, to N-O-I-Z, N-O-I-Z Radio, Radio Network. Network. Keep it locked, Keep it locked. people. Let's roll. Welcome back, everybody. So glad that you are still with us. And so we just got done reading 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and the first verse, the 10th verse. And there's so much to pull from there. So we're going to try to slow walk it as much as possible. Um, I don't want to overwhelm anybody, and I don't want to um, do too much. Um but let's dig in here. It says the beginning part talks about though I speak with tongues of angels and of men and have not love. I am but sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. Basically, I make a bunch of noise. It don't matter how much you preach, pray, prophesy, lay hands on people, how many good deeds you do. And Paul even mentions that in this particular letter to the Corinthians. It doesn't matter what you do. If you don't do it based upon love on a human level. If we don't do it based upon the care, the nature and feeding of another human being, it's all for naught. It's for nothing. It means nothing. Love. And even if you prophesy and you understand mysteries and, you know, those real deep, them, them, them real deep folk who talk in them real big words and everything else like that. And I'm all for it. I know a few big words myself. But who cares? Who cares about all the degrees and all the letters that come after your name if you lack love? There are a bunch of really intelligent people who lack love. There are a bunch of rich people who lack love. Think about all the people every year who commit suicide. All, even the pastors. People who preach about this thing but do not believe it themselves. Today, my encouragement to you is that you do not lack love in your conversation, that you do not lack love in in your behavior, that you do not lack love in your pursuit of other people. And even in your pursuit of your everyday life, that you do not lack love, that you do not lose momentum in the madness and that you do not lose the momentum to want to still love people, regardless of how you feel, regardless of the trauma that you've experienced, regardless of what has happened around you, to you, and through you, or if you were the one that was doing the happening, that you now operate in love. 
And that even while I'm talking, you are asking God that if there's any areas in your life that you are lacking love, ask God to give you wisdom on how to respond and how to behave and how to have love in that area. Because we can all do better. Paul then goes in the say and says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and although I give my body to be burned, and I don't have charity, it profiteth me nothing. You could have yourself burn at this. You could sacrifice your life for somebody. But if it was all for show, what was the purpose? Jesus died on the cross. He was beaten. With the, <laughs> he was beaten. Uh, with with basically the whips had hooks at the end of them ripping his muscle tissue out of his body he couldn't have endured that if he didn't love us you can't treat your spouse right because you don't love you might tolerate them you might deal with them you might like them sometimes but your love for them is what will help you better be able to respond to them when they're getting on your nerves Your children, the love that you have for them should supersede how you feel so you don't discipline them in your anger. Your co-workers, the love that you have for basic human beings and that God gives you should give you enough unction to still treat them correctly. Even when they're getting on your nerves, even when you know you stand correctly and they are in the wrong, love will carry you through every situation love will carry you through love will teach you that it is not necessarily about you love will teach you and show you that you have to give people respect and that I'm not just doing it because I have to I'm doing it because I want to do it and because I have love for humankind and because I have love for God and I want to show the love of Christ even right now I just pray that that your heart will be changed and that your heart will be transformed that you would exude the love of Christ in every situation to your spouses to your bae to your boo to your friends to your children to your family to your co-workers to people that you see on the street to people that you're driving next to in your car that you do not cut them off out of your anger or out of your frustration but you will respond in every situation in love it doesn't matter what you do if it's not based on love you it doesn't matter you can give all of your money away every single year to to millions of dollars of it if you have it it doesn't matter it means nothing if it's not done in love You can make somebody something to eat because you know they need to eat something. And yeah, they have a full belly, but I promise you that full belly is so much more full when you do it in love and not for a boastful or a prideful or because I have to. And that is the thing that we operate in a lot of times. I do. Well, you know, I have to do this. So I'm going ahead and I go to work because I have to do that. No, our love and our passion should drive us in such a way that I'm glad that God has provided me with with an income. I'm glad that God has provided me with a job and I love and and I love what I do in such a way. And we don't always have jobs like that where we just love what we do. And so it makes it difficult for us to really do the job the way we want to. But you have to find a reason or find a reason why. Find the reason why somewhere in there that will drive you so passionately that will make you be in love with what you're doing so you can be able to impact people in a whole new way. And if you ain't loving it, baby, then you need to take a pause for the cause and step back and figure out how you can be able to reevaluate your life. Because when you are not in love with what you're doing, it makes it difficult for you to be able to do it with passion and with fervency and with a smile. 
when I come on here and I talk with you all, sometimes it is a physical struggle sometimes to muster up the energy to to talk to myself for, for 30 minutes. But I love what I do. I love to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love to share with people what it means to be changed and transformed and that I was tried by fire and I did not come out burned and I don't smell like smoke and that I am an overcomer beautifully. And I want you to be one, too. Paul then goes on to say, charity suffereth long and is kind. So press pause, press pause, press pause. The scripture says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering. Remember that word, gentleness, goodness, faith, and meekness. But the key word that we're focusing in right, right now is long suffering. Charity, love, is long, is suffereth long. That means I will endure as long as I have to because of my love. Love allowed him to endure being beaten with hooks that ripped out his flesh. And after that, being like so anguished and so exhausted, then having to carry a a large piece of wood and the shape of a cross on his back all the way to Golgotha, all that way so so that way we could be saved. Love suffers long. Love will make you do stuff in the physical that you couldn't have done unless the passion and the drive of love was driving you the entire way. And I keep taking it back to the resurrection, sorry, not to the resurrection, but to the crucifixion of our Christ, because that was the greatest act of love. Greater love has no man than someone to lay down their life for a friend. And God saw fit to love us so much to send himself manifested in flesh to die for us. So there did not have to be any more killing of any more lambs and bullocks and sheep and goats. Nobody else has to kill anything else because the ultimate sacrifice has been made. Love suffereth long. Love will go through every possible every possible idea every possible outcome to be able to get the best one that's what love will do for you are you so passionately loving God that you are looking for the best possible outcome for every situation love is kind sorry charity is and is kind charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up I'm gonna just put all of that together for the sake of our um for the sake of time it doesn't brag it doesn't boast love is love and that's all love is it 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 will manifest itself and you don't even have to say anything about it because it will show for itself it's like when somebody's smart But I know true smart people, true smart people don't have to tell you that they're smart. It just exudes out of them. But the folk will tell you, oh, yeah, I know that. And I know this and I know that. We know you don't know nothing. You might know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but you don't really know anything because you have the necessity to brag about it. People who are really intelligent, who really have real intellect, people who really have money, people who really have something when it is really there, it just shows you ain't got to boast about it. You feel me? Because, and, and I'll use it as an example. Somebody was really, 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 really cute. You'd be like, man, they fine, right? You, you know that moment like, dang, they is fine. And then when you get to know them and you start seeing their personality, you're like, you know what? You ain't even all that cute. Because their attitude and their personality is ugly. So, and they're telling me, yeah, I know I'm cute and I know I'm cute. Well, actually, when you really look at it, you really ain't. Because your attitude then, then makes you unattractive. And that's what happens. I don't need you to boast on it. It just, it just is what it is. Love is what it is. And is it, and these are some of the things that is not. It is not 
something that is boastful and it does not brag. It does not puff itself up. It just loves you. It just cares about you. It will take on whatever needs to be taken on so that way you can be better. And that's what Jesus did. And we as his followers should take on that behavior, that same mentality, that same drive, that same behavior, that same driving force to become the best versions of ourselves. Are you constantly in the state of mind? How can I evolve this week? How can I evolve today? How can I be transformed? How can I become better at what I'm doing? How can I perfect my skill set? How can I make my marketing of my business better? How can I be able to? Are you always looking for an opportunity to become better and to evolve and to grow and to develop on a human level? Like not even just a godly thing. Like we as humans should be looking for opportunities to pick up a book and to be able to take in more knowledge so that way we can be able to grow and to develop as a human and have more to talk about than what, what the new episode of Netflix was or what the new episode of Scandal was. There's so much more to offer to this world and there's so much more to gain humanistically. Than just than than just was what the norm is. Look for opportunities to grow and to develop and to evolve. Now let's get back to the text. Doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, and is not provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, and rejoices and rejoices not. Is her rejoices in the truth. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it does rejoice in the truth. There's a scripture in the New Testament that says, when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. Love rejoices in the truth, not in iniquity, not in the thing that puts in between between God and man, Not 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 in sinful behaviors, not in things that are derogatory, not in things that will talk about your brethren or your sisterin, not in things that will diminish someone's character or make somebody look bad. Like I had to start checking myself one day about some of the memes that I was laughing at. Like what in me says that this is okay. And I know I went to memes, but we're a very socially, uh, social media driven country, very social media driven, uh, people. Um, and, and that's what we do. We laugh at things that are so minuscule and, and we, and we take delight and enjoyment and stuff that we shouldn't. That's not appropriate. That's not, that's not good for 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 our lives it adds no value love will add value not disvalue or rather devalue love will help you to evolve and not devolve love man that thing called love we can talk about this all day long love will conquer all love is what saved your life and is why you're here today And you're still given the opportunity to accept Christ as your personal savior and still be able to be better every single day because of love. Love is what gives you breath in your body every day. Help somebody else to live a better life. The love that you have. Today, I hope something was said that will impact your life in such a way that (laughs) that you leave changed. That you want to help somebody else, that you want to love on somebody else, that you want to speak life into their life. Today, go and speak life into somebody's life. Today, go encourage somebody, find somebody to encourage, find somebody to show love to and do it with purpose on purpose. Do it all in love. This is Christian Amy signing off with Anchored in Love. 
And I pray that you have been blessed and impacted in a whole new way. Don't forget to join us every Thursday at 9 a.m. on all major listening platforms. And we look forward to speaking with you again. And if someone asks you how you're doing today, tell them you're alive and living in color. This is Christian Amy signing off. I pray that today you walk in love. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. At T-Mobile, you don't have to choose between a great network and the best prices. We give you both. Switch your family of three or more from AT&T or Verizon to T-Mobile Essentials, and you'll save up to 50% off your current service and smartphones. Bring your current phones to T-Mobile, and we'll pay them off up to $450 each. Visit T-Mobile.com to find out how to save up to 50%. Up to $450 via virtual prepaid card for eligible device payoff. Allow 15 days. Savings may vary. See T-Mobile.com.